Welcome, everybody, to the Natural Born Hunter podcast brought to you by Mountain Ops. Mountain Ops is a supplement company that specializes in the needs of the hunter. If you need a little more protein in your diet, boom, hit up the Magnum. Three different sources of protein in there, so it absorbs in your body at different points in time, making it last longer so you can get stronger. You can also check out their Yeti pre-workout, perfect for hitting max lifts, PRs, getting your head in the game, and getting after it. They also have Enduro. For those of you who are a little more cardio-based in your workouts, looking to charge hard for long hours at a time. Without further ado, let's fire this puppy up. And we are live tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of the Natural Born Hunter podcast. I'm your host, Will Bradley, along with my co-host, Phil Big Sexy Mendoza. And tonight we are joined by a man who may rival Phil in the sexiness department. In that, for those of you who see have seen him perform, know what I'm talking about. And that is a Mr. Jimmy Herman. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, it's, been looking it's, forward to this. It's my pleasure. And tonight, Phil is also joined by a very special little co-host who you got there phil well he he just uh evaded me but he's my younger youngest son Can you guys hear me okay oh yeah 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 my my earpiece is a little bit goofed up yeah i was doing some dual duties a little bit ago some uh caring for my son but uh I know how that roll. Goes, man. yeah I know how that goes man it's like you do it do stuff again with him or without him yeah and uh. he he's usually uh easily entertained so it's pretty good with him his older brother is the one that doesn't have any patience. But uh, yeah, yeah. How many kids do you have? I've got two, a four and a six-year-old, a boy and a girl. So, and they are full on, man. Like my my son's like every day I come home, like from, he comes home from school. It's like he goes in his rooms and come room and comes out like like Spider-Man or yes. Batman or you never know what you're gonna get. But I know I'm gonna get beat up by a superhero that day. So there's costume so. changes involved. Oh, man, there's all kinds of costume changes. And my daughter, she's like, she's six going on 20 already. So, you know. And, and what do they think when they see you dressed up in camo? Do they think you're just doing dress up like they're doing? Or do they understand what you're up to? No, they, I mean, they almost, yeah, they get what I'm up to for sure. It's almost like they're like treat like work. It's the music and the honey. Like that's their perception of it, which is really funny. I like that. I like that yeah, perception. Man, it, I think if I, could, if I could convince yeah. my wife that dressing up and going hunting is work, then <laughs> I would have it made. Well, convincing my wife of that is a totally different thing, but my kids my kids are good. They're solid right, right now. <laughs> so, so Phil, there's, there's one thing I got to I got to ask about before we go full-blown into talking to Jimmy about Jimmy. And that is Dom's first turkey hunt this past weekend. He looked like he was a stone cold killer in the trophy pictures. What what was it like out there? Man, I tell you what, it was uh it was good. He was he didn't get nervous. He he got excited when 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 I first spotted the first group of turkeys. He was uh um they were off the back of the blind, so I kind of peeked a little bit of a uh I peeked out a little bit. Sorry, guys. I peeked out a little bit from the uh, <laughs> from the blind, and I looked, and I saw a couple toms strutting back there, and I, I tried not to make it known 
I was hoping they'd come in, so I just waited for a little bit, and, and they just hung out back there. So finally, I peeked the window down a little bit more, and I go, Dom, stand up real slowly and look out the back of the blind. And he peeks out the back of the blind, and in a normal voice, he looks at me, he says, turkeys! You know? <laughs> right. And I said, okay, shh, got to be quiet, you know? So he, uh, he did good, man. I mean, we did, they never did come into the side of the front of the blind where we hoped they did, so I, I wasn't able to get it on video, but I... I moved the shooting sticks around, put him out the back window, and and he thumped him. It was it was cool. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. Once we went to go do the recovery, uh, I had the video camera rolling, and it was like the kids watched uh, many a hunting shows and 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 knew knew the script because all right. I said, "What happened, son? How'd it go?" And he, well, first, you know, and he just got right into <laughs> talking to the camera, and and man, right. he was a natural. So it was good, man. It was a good time last weekend. <laughs> Did he yeah. start going into the beard measurement and all that, the whole rundown of the turkey? <laughs> no, no, we didn't because at that point um, he hadn't seen the bird yet because we waited for Ron, the guy whose property we were on, we waited for him to come out. And and him and I went and looked, and it was only maybe 30, 40 yards from where he'd shot it. It ran and kind of bedded in some some weeds. So we had seen the, the turkey already, you know, dead there. And I come back to get Dom from the blind. And that's when I started the whole, the whole spiel and kind of the recovery. So it was cool, man. It was it was fun. That's after awesome. He, he's like, I, he's like, he's like, I need my own YouTube channel after this. Oh, I tell you, man, <laughs> like, that he's kid, like, I'm 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 going pro. Will knows, man. He'll you'll see him when we're doing a podcast, and and he'll peek his head in on the side of the screen, and he'll just look, you know, and yeah. and and he'll want the the other earpiece, so he'll listen. And mm. yeah, he's definitely going to be uh, tainted as a young man. Uh, to the to the ways of of hunting and uh, and just conversing with people, man. But it's good. He he has he's he's good for it. I think. So what about your kids? You, I mean, your kids they jump right in. Have you taken them on many hunts? Uh, man, I took I took my son once, like in the middle of deer season, bow season. Like we went check trail trail cameras, and I don't know. I mean, we made all kinds of noise, and of course, like a couple of joes come running like at us over the hill, and this little. Like it's five point this horrible looking buck comes and he was like dead quiet like super like super still i mean he's he was barely four and he was like he was the man and he yeah. saw it and he was just fired up you know at that point it was like everything's about bows you know what i mean yeah so but i, I mean we i've got bows we well we bought bows for both our kids my daughter she's she loves it and she's you know she can shoot it herself and my son he's he's still small enough help. to where where I got to pull it back and he's like let me do it myself so I'm like okay well you can do it yourself and it's like always like it, sometimes I doesn't even leave the string you know what I mean but I'm like my hands are off like okay you go for it man whatever you know yeah no I I know my my son Dominic he's been I had him I started him with the recurve and it was the same thing when he was I think he was like three and just before he was three actually I'd, I'd hold it for him and I'd let him just kind of release the string and He's shooting a compound now. I mean, we shoot league, and, and he, he's like, Dad, I got this. Leave me alone, you know? Right. And yeah. it's, it's a trip, man. I tell you what, he runs around the shop, and, and we'll have on the 3D league that we run in the shop, it's, there'll be 40, 50 guys a, a night shooting in there, and girls, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, he wants to go shoot with his buddies, and he's like, Psh. Then he comes back with a couple broken arrows, and he's like, Dad, uh, I need some more arrows. You know, so, <laughs> but he, yeah. he's, he's definitely a... Um, uh, pretty strong personality and, and a kid that's got to do stuff himself too yeah yeah it's 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 almost to a point like it's kind of frustrating as 
a dad sometimes, trying to just let him work through it. But I mean, I was that way too, you know. And it's just I think it's just part of being a stubborn kid. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and with me, you know, I've I've tried not to push him because mm-hmm. I grew up with my younger sister and my younger brother and my parents really sports and they really hammered it and multiple teams and it you know traveling all over the place and my little sister went to college and she got burnt out in college and she was just done after two years right and i saw that it was i felt it was because she got pushed a lot and she she did good but with my kids it's like you know what if he wants to shoot 10 arrows, shoot 10 arrows, right? Right. If he wants to stay and shoot league and shoot all 40, whatever, it's okay. If, he, if he's ready to go, let's go, you know? Right. So yeah. once he gets a little older, then I'll have to teach him, hey, you know, we, we don't quit. If you want to start something, you got to finish it. But right, right now, it's, it's kind of letting him go on his own pace. Yeah. Well, we're the same way, my, my wife and I. I mean, like with the bows, like I'll, I, when I'm home, I shoot every day. I shoot too much sometimes. Like it's almost things like you you obsess about it, right? Yeah. I'm the kind of like hyper focus, and I obsess about it, and it's like hours go by, and I'm like, what the heck happened to the day? <laughs> but like with the kids, they've got bows, and like if they see me putting my gear together and stuff, they're like, I want to shoot bows. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go. And they're fired up, and then they'll shoot three arrows and be like, okay, I'm, I'm good, I'm done. Yeah. Like that, all that build up for three, but whatever, you know, it's fine. And it's the same way with like instruments, too. We've got instruments for them laying around, but we don't ever push them, be like, hey, you need to practice, or like, do you really want to do this? Or we just let them pick it up when they want to. And I'd be like, hey, do you want me to show you something? And if they're kind of receptive to it, then I'll sh- try and show them something. Otherwise, I'll just let them do their thing. Because when I started playing music, I was a little kid and I picked up a fiddle. And I would just mess around with it all the time and for like two years. And then my parents were like, hey, I think he's serious about it. So then it was, it was on my own terms kind of, you know what I mean? So I totally get that. Yeah, and it's it's just there's so much you know there's so much more out there other than sports, and 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 I love sports. I grew up playing sports, but stuff like music and and archery and and other activities, man, golf. You know, not some, not that golf's not a sport, but golf's not a sport. I I sorry anybody who's a golfer, <laughs> <laughs> golf's an activity to me, man. I mean, it can be sport at the highest level with some of those guys, but for the most part, it's a leisure activity. You know, like some people consider archery to be. So. Well, I don't I know. know. I, I know uh, Jimmy was listening to the John Dudley podcast with Joe Rogan, which I did this morning. And to hear those right. guys wax poetic about archery, you'd think it was the only sport out there. I mean, they no, right, yeah. archery's everything. That's what I learned. I didn't archery get to ch- hunting is everything. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to me growing up, music was the only thing. You know what I mean? That was it. That's, I, that's what I obsessed about, you know? Um, yeah, I get it, though, you know. I used to, so I was kind of forced into playing the trumpet, right? And I could play a few notes, and somehow that landed me in the band in middle school. And I'm going to tell you right now, the extent of my musical career performing on stage amounted to me faking it 110% and not actually blowing at all through the instrument in my concert. <laughs> oh, you didn't even play it at all. No, no I, I, played I, an instrument I was too. like 17th chair trumpet (laughs) put you as far away from people as we can and i I remember sitting there thinking as i'm doing it it's like i don't want to be here (laughs) i remember after that i went and it's like i really don't want to play this thing anymore i have no desire and then they gave the whole thing about you know you don't want to quit things halfway through and i was like well let me just try quitting this one time and see if it works (laughs) 
right. <laughs> hey, here, here, here's... Never have I regretted quitting the trumpet. Not once. Because I'm going to tell you this. You picked up the fiddle and the guitar. Those are sexy instruments, right? Those are instruments that make you look like the man when you play them well. Nobody gives a shit how good you are at the trumpet. Yeah. Hey, man, I play the banjo, too. So that's the only contradictory thing. Because it's pretty hard to make a banjo look cool. But I try. We try. No, no, you can make the banjo look far cooler than the trumpet. Like with the trumpet, even the best trumpet player in the band has to go to the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah, I used to play bass for a couple years—not the like guitar bass, but like the full yeah. blown. Yeah, the big upright. Yeah. Yeah, and I did that for I don't know until maybe seventh, eighth grade, and I I had a similar situation with Will where. I had fun at some times, but then I really, you know, I wanted to be out. We had to practice at lunchtime, man. It was like, I want to be out with my buddies at lunch. Mm. So it got to the point where I just stopped going to practice at lunch for a little while, and finally the teacher called home, and she says, uh, well, your son's not coming to, to practice for lunch, and we've got a concert, and I hadn't told my parents about the concert because I, I had a banquet from I, baseball or something, right? And I said, well, it's the same night. I said, I'm going to the banquet. I'm not going to this concert. Well, she, she said, well, if you're not going to come to practice, then, uh, and my mom told me, if you don't go to practice, you're going to the concert. You're not going to your banquet. I said, I'm not going to the concert. She said, well, you're not going to the banquet either. And then I, that was it. It was like, teacher didn't want me back. And that was the end of my musician days. So, gotcha. So did you have to sit out of both the banquet and the concert? I did. I did. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. mama, mama made it hard on me. But that's okay. And, and you know, I don't know, it's so different now because I see Mike and my oldest son, Dominic, and we got him a little, you know, cheapo guitar because he wanted to start playing. But he had, he showed interest in it. And again, just like yeah. anything else, it's like, hey, man, go to town, you know. We'll watch some right. videos sometimes and let him play. But, you know, how, how did you pick it up, Jimmy? Where, where did you, because you, you said you had a couple years playing fiddle, just messing around. But how did you actually get, start teaching and get, getting the, the, the coaching or, or structured, I yeah. should say? Well, man... I started picking up, so my, my grandpa used to play fiddle, um, and he had passed long before I was even born, years before, but we had his fiddle sitting on a piano, and I was two, two years old, and I would pick up this fiddle and just saw around with it, you know, like, you know, not playing music, just making a bunch of noise, and, you know, my parents saw me do that for a couple of years, and like I said, they finally were like, I think this kid's serious, so they rented a fiddle for me, a little, you know, tiny size, <laughs> like an eight size violin for me and I was you know four and then they got me some like classical violin lessons just as a teacher just to give me the technique and the, you know the the basics of it and then actually my dad had uh, like a classic country polka band I grew up in Wisconsin so it was like polka music was like you know I don't want big but like with the older folks it was you it know was they the go thing. dancing every, it was a thing alone. they go dancing every week Oh, oh, right, exactly, yeah, it's just like, yeah, right, it's very, it, it used to be very thick. Anyway, so um, my dad had a band, and um, I took some classical lessons just to get the basics, and then I would sit, I'd, like, uh, I started learning right at the tail end of, like, vinyl going out of style, so I had, I had a record that I would, I would sit and learn, you know, licks, little sections of the songs. And then it would go by, and I'd try and figure it out, and then put the needle down and have to wait another minute and a half till that little section got there again. And that's really how I kind of taught myself, you know. And then I had a, my dad had a fiddle player in his band, too, and he was kind of my mentor for, you know, several years. So I just basically watched him and learned from him, you know. 
the fiddle has to be one of my favorite instrument. I think it would go fiddle and piano are the two that really can get me when it's in a song. Really? Yeah, some well placed fiddle. I yeah, love sure. the fiddle. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's one of those things where you can just shred on it like bluegrass stuff and you can just like play these like haunting like slow melodies it'll just like make your heart melt really you know or if they plug really it in a little electric fiddle and do some shred yeah some yeah. like trans-siberian orchestra christmas shredding yeah yeah you know for sure who who would be your your favorite fiddle players and let's go guys who might not be around anymore to current fiddle players okay uh my favorite ones there's i think yeah they're all still around so my my favorite fiddle player of all time is Bobby Hicks, and he used to play for Ricky Skaggs. Yep, yep. So Ricky Skaggs was my first country concert, or first <laughs> concert ever. My first concert ever. And I, I remember this day, like, seeing Bobby Hicks up there in, like, his blue, like, nudie suit, just standing up there like a, like a statue playing these crazy – and, and, I mean, Bobby Hicks is, like, 70-something now, maybe 80, and he's still, like, amazing, like, one of the best. But I'd say Bobby Hicks is number one for me. Ricky Skaggs um, is some serious music. Dude, like still. Actually, he just went back to like playing electric, like his stuff electric from like his, you know, 80s, 90s country yeah. stuff. And I've, I've seen him at the Opry do that. And he, like he's great on electric guitar. He's killing. That, that makes me think of something too, what you said there. And that is the nudie suit is not worn enough these days. No, it's not. It's not. I wanted it's to get not. married in a nudie suit, and I really? was told I could get married in a nudie suit, but it'd have to be to a different woman. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Right. I wanted yeah. to have like a big eagle on the back, you know, I, a good, a nice looking one in the baby blue though. Baby blue nudie suit. Yeah. Just done exactly. To the hill. Right. Um, I have this. I have this crazy dream. It's not really crazy. It'd be pretty easy to do, actually. But open involves you um, wearing a nudie suit. Well, pretty much. Um, it's a, I want to have a Buck Owens tribute band, like where oh. we just like play Buck Owens, like Buck Owens albums, like top to top to bottom. All right. You know, actually, actually, one of my so <clears throat> I gotta admit that I like Christmas music a little too much than most people. Um, and Buck Owens. And Buck Owens has the best, hands down, my, it's my favorite Christmas record. I listen to it all the time. Um, so I'm like, some Christmas I'm going to put together Buck Owens tribute band and play this Christmas album top to bottom in the suits and everything, you know what I mean? I, you, tell you what, you, you make a t-shirt where you're in full yeah. nudie suit regalia on one side playing mm -hmm. the, the fiddle and the other mm -hmm. side in your bow hunting stuff, I will buy that shirt in a heartbeat. There you go. All right, well... Sweet, just you know what else? If you could play a little bit, would be maybe a little Tom T. Hall. Throw a little Tom T. Hall. In oh, there. heck yeah! Oh, yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, oh. yeah. And if you could also play uh, the theme song from Robin Hood, the Disney one that Roger Miller sings, if you oh my play gosh, that song, yes, that would be hey, perfect. you know, so last year in March, I went over to the UK for a whole month and did like 28 shows in 30 days and we played in Nottingham, Nottingham. this this was with a just an artist different artist in Nashville and it was just me and this girl and I played acoustic guitar and fiddle whatever and we played in Nottingham and I actually made a video that's on my it's probably on my Instagram or Facebook and it was me just sitting down playing the the where he's in jail 
where he's like, every town has oh. its ups and downs. Dude, like, that's oh. one of my all-time favorite things to ever. I love that movie just for, I don't even have to watch it. I just, if I could just hear the audio, that's perfect. Dude. Roger dude. Miller's the man. We, this is the second time Disney movies have actually come up. In, uh-huh. in this podcast, last time feels like came, what the heck's going on right now. <laughs> last time he's been in, the, he's been down this rabbit hole before. Mm-hmm. Last okay, time gosh, it came gosh. up, it was with the Harbertson brothers, and I will always mm-hmm. say, and I'll get into different conversations about what, what favorite Disney movie go, favorite Disney music mm-hmm. go, and I will always mm-hmm. say Roger Miller, Robin Hood, best, yes. best, you know, from for what I consider to be the best music, I think the best music, best soundtrack is the Robin Hood. Roger Miller, when you know he's the uh, rooster for those people who don't know, he's the narrator for the he's film. He's the rooster, right? And it's like you say, mm-hmm. phenomenal music in that, and it never gets brought up unless I'm yeah. bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, I swear he's like, I swear he was like watching the reel as he's sitting there with a guitar, because he's like Robin Hood, and Little John running through the forest, jumping fence, and dodging trees, trying to get away, like all that stuff. Like he, that's one of those things you don't just write off the cuff and whatever, you know. No. I mean, you kind of do write it off the cuff more so than you just like plan it out. Knows it by heart, right? Right now, because my wife will actually yeah. agree with this. Because the other night we were singing, <laughs> uh, so we're we're having a baby. He's doing like four weeks, and awesome, she man. read something somewhere that said this is about the time the dad should be reading books to the baby. Or talking mm-hmm. to the baby, and I decide the best way for me to talk is I'll read him his his books and stuff, and sure. then the mom should sing. So I've started now reading the book The Wind in the Willows, and I'll do a chapter each night reading it to him. And mm-hmm. she will do, and she'll sing a song or something. And the other night we got, you know, started chasing the rabbit hole of her singing Disney songs. And the two he gotcha. reacted to the most were the Robin Hood, and then these are a few of my favorite things: Sound of Music. Really? Yeah, he was going nuts in that belly. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so just um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you, so my daughter, the song that she always responded, like she would kick the crap out of my wife every time The Who came on. Like if, if it was, we went and saw a band, they played The Who, and we, like if it ever came on on the radio, and it's that, who, who are you, who, who, like, dude. That yep. song, she would just go nuts, like kick. I mean, it was like she's almost like punched through every time that's that awesome. song came on. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was crazy. That's great. So, all right, back on track. Favorite oh, sorry fiddle players. Favorite fiddle players, uh, Bobby Hicks. Um, say Aubrey Haney's another guy. Stuart Duncan, um, and Mark O'Connor. I got a question for you. Because I have a favorite fiddle player. Have right. you ever watched Dave Matthews Band? Oh, yes. Boyd Tinsley. That would be... Boyd Tinsley, yeah. That would be where I fell in love with the fiddle. Just watching yeah. him by yeah. stage. Just like, holy shit, look at that man yeah. play the fiddle. Right? He's the Yeah, he's the one dude that was like the Joe Perry, you know, to like Steven Tyler or, you know, Slash to Axl Rose. Yes. Yeah. He he was he was the fiddle player that was that that for Dave Matthews. Yeah, like to get it, you can get a huge fiddle solo going. <laughs> yeah, another yeah. problem in music, not enough fiddle solos. I know, I know. I, I hope hopefully they're coming back. I think so, man. Music yeah. here's a good. All right, so you're in the business, you're in the scene. Music mm. seems to be taking a hell of a turn, especially with country music now. 
where I've always liked classic music. I've always loved the Bakersfield sound. Um, right. And for a while, I'd been listening to, man, back in college, it was a lot of uh, drive-by trucker, which got me into gotcha. Jason Isbell, right? And so followed all that and that. And now all of a sudden, it seems like they're getting all, those kinds of musicians are starting to get a lot more mainstream recognition. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, so, like, there's a guy named Chris Stapleton that's, yep. I mean, he was winning, like, every award, and rightfully so. Like, the dude's an amazing vocalist. What I love about um, him is he, yeah. he became big on Facebook. <laughs> like, yeah. If but it wasn't I mean, for Facebook, he, I don't right. think he would have won well, anything. Yeah, well, but, like, like, his story is, like, he's, like, he's, I think, pretty sure he started as a writer. So he's written a bunch of hits. Um, and he's also had a band called the Steel Drivers, which uh, was pretty heavily influences like bluegrass stuff. And he, I, I feel like they've made like twelve this, records. I think their big song was "Good Corn Liquor." Is that the Steel? Okay, I don't know. I it could it be. Was. There's a lot of fiddle on that song too. Yeah, and you know what? What my favorite record to listen to right now is is it's a a band called the Jomp Jompson Brothers. J O M P. I'm gonna write this. Yeah, J O M P S O N. You need to Johnson Brothers, and it's like a '70s riff rock uh, album. And Chris is the lead singer. Really? Oh my gosh! Like it blew my mind when I heard about it. Really? You know? Yeah. And then he made this, you know, Traveler record, which is basically, you know, I mean, not basically, but it's going back to, you know, the roots, more roots and more raw country. And he's, I mean, he's killing it. You know? But I mean, it's taking him. I mean, I don't know. 10, 15 years, you know what I mean? I love all country music from all, all the whole spectrum, right? But it's interesting mm -hmm. to see some of these bands that I would only hear on, you know, like the Outlaw Sirius XM channel, the Outlaw Country channel, or before right. that they had some other, before there were one company, each one would have like their, uh, like you could hear Sonny Ledford. Colt Ford, some of these guys who you would never hear on mainstream radio. Actually, Brantley Gilbert was on way before he became huge. So it's interesting to see a lot sure. of these guys now coming up through the mainstream. Yeah, I mean, maybe like XM and Sirius Radio, like they're, those, those guys are like really listening to what's up and coming, you know what I mean? And really kind of grabbing that stuff before it does hit, you know, like the mainstream radio stuff. That could be, that could be. Do you have a favorite right now no, I don't going? Know. We'll say other than Carrie Man. Underwood, who, for those of you who don't know, Jimmy is, you know, the uh, lead guitarist, fiddle player for Carrie Underwood. I guess we should mention oh, I'm, that. Yeah, I'm one guitarist for, for her, I should say. But I do the utility thing, you know, fiddle, banjo, mandolins, electric, acoustic guitars, and bazookis, and all the weird stuff. Bazookis? Is that a real does. instrument? It's, it's, called, it's called a bazooki, yeah. Okay. And it's basically like, a, like an oversized mandolin that's, uh, yeah... It's basically like an octave mandolin. That's pretty rad. So, sounds like you're the main guy to me. I don't. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't see anybody else doing all that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's. I I I guess I do the stuff where I was like, I don't know how to play that. I'm like, yeah, I I I can play that. I suppose you know. There you go. So yeah, right, right. How long you been? Uh, how long you been with Carrie? Uh, uh, let's see, eight and a half years. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while already. It doesn't seem like it, man. It's been it's been awesome. How, how did that the world. how did that work out that you you know got asked to or how did that 
you playing for her or the group, has it all been together? Has everyone been together for that long, or has it been yeah, kind of man, pieced out? I mean, uh, it's been pretty much the same band for the last, you know, since I've been there, eight, nine, even ten years, you know, there's really not much change over. She's really good to us, and it's just an awesome bunch of musicians, you know, like the, I mean, take, taking myself out of the band, like if I was in the band, I mean, they're, it's one of the best bands in Nashville, in my opinion. They're just amazing players. Good, good dudes. Yeah, it's just an awesome bunch. So, but it it got started with, for the intention to play for Carrie, or was it was that band in some way, shape, or form playing together before that? Uh, no, it's like we all kind of came in from different angles. You know what I mean? We all, I mean, some of us got hired at different times, and you know, through auditions and you know, word of mouth and recommendations and whatever. You know, so. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? If I wasn't doing this, I don't know. I'd be playing music some somewhere. I'd probably be playing down Broadway in the honky tonks. I don't know. I still do sometimes when I go home. I get the itch to, like, when I'm sitting around, I'm like, I don't like sitting around too long. I'm like, God, I just want to play. You know, just play, like, swing it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I go to Broadway and play for tips and hang out with some buddies and, and I'm good for a while, you know? But, I mean, I, I like writing music. I like playing on demos and records and, you know. Do you have a favorite song? A favorite song? All-time favorite? Man, that's, that's, it's really impossible. Top three. Top three all-time favorite songs? Gosh. Man. That's really tough. Or we um, go current. Or we go, like, in your rotation, what are the three most played? Well, uh, boy. Phil, do you have a top three? <laughs> this might take Jimmy a while. Dude, it's so I don't hard. listen to music. <laughs> no, I'm just like, kidding. I don't like music. I hate music. I don't even know how we got this guy on tonight. <laughs> no, right, 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 right. Man, I can probably tell you that I can do like maybe I can do my, so my top, my number one all-time favorite band of any genre. Okay, mm-hmm. is that all right? Yep. It would be would be Led Zeppelin, and I think right. everybody who knows me really well. Or even kind of knows me knows that like I'm a Zeppelin. Like I'll listen, I'll listen to new new current country. I'll listen to new rock. I'll listen to old rock. And whenever I'm like, ah, I'm kind of over everything. I'll go right back to listen to Zeppelin records. That's a good answer. How about you? What about you, Let's Will? Hear from you. Top top three right now. What's the top three in the Phil Mendoza library? Man. I've got a I've got a a mixed bag I would say. Let's hear him. most played currently. Most played probably like just most just top three played comes to the just top. Because I I usually listen to music when I work out. It's it would be Eminem. It would be uh, it would be some Pitbull and it'd be some Jason Aldean. That's about the my top <laughs> three I would right. say. Gosh, yeah. yeah. So I I listen to a little bit of everything honestly. It's been uh, my wife is very, uh, she's much more seasoned with music, I would say, that I am. So so for me, I'm, mm-hmm. I just go with it. You know, we're in the car, she's playing something I hadn't heard. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Um, so it's, and it's all across the board. I, I don't, I don't know. I, 
I don't recognize a lot of people until after the fact. They're like, hey, have you ever heard such and such? You know, and I'm like, no. And then you'll play it and like, oh, this is them. I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, this is great. But I'm really bad with that. Even movies. You know, we'll, we'll bring up movies on the, on the show here. And it's like, oh, yeah, this movie, that movie. I'm like, lost, you know. Right. I, and then after Disney the fact, movie? I'll go, what the hell? I'll go back and research it and look it up. I'm like, yeah, I've seen that. I, I'm just, I've got a terrible memory and bad with names or titles. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah. Man, it's like like this Johnson Brothers record I was telling you about, you know. It's like I get on something and I wear I mean, I, I drive it into the ground. I wear it out. That's you know what I mean? That's the way to listen to music. Yeah. Anyone who tells you yeah. you shouldn't hit, just put it on repeat. Repeat, yeah. Terrible Dude. advice. Always repeat. Like, you know, so, so, so uh, somebody turned me on to it in Vegas when we were doing the ACMs. And I listened to it like that night, and I was like, dude, this is like one of the most amazing things I've ever heard. So as soon as I woke up, I like opened my eyes and saw it's light out. And I grabbed my laptop and like put it next to my head and put the album on again. <laughs> like again. Play the anthem. Yeah. I just played it, played it, played it over and over and over. That's you know? why I can totally but, understand why people used to carry boom boxes around with them. Dude, right? You had to be you had to be mobile with it. Exactly. You had to have your anthem yeah. out there, you know, and that's yeah. that's one thing my wife never gets is I get up and I get up pretty easy. Like when I get up, I'm ready to let's hit the day. Let's go to the gym, let's get thing going. And I wanna put on music as soon as I get up and make it loud and I wanna, you know, get fired up. I'm ready for this. Just all yeah, the man. time. Yeah. But repeat yeah, music. <laughs> same song. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. And there's it's, nothing it's worse. When you're really into a song, right, and you're vibing it, and whoever you're with has heard it for, like, the 10th time, and they don't care for it that much, and they're just like, listen, <laughs> you, you right. turn that off, I'm turning you off. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, you- I, feel, I, I feel bad for my kids sometimes, because I've, you know, like that Chris Stapleton record, the Traveler record. I mean, I've had it in my truck ever since I got it, and I listen to number six over and over, which is... Uh, Nobody to blame but me, I think it's called. Oh, that's the best song on the album. Yeah, and my kids are like, they're strapped in and they're like, we we, we can't go anywhere, but we just have to listen to the song over and over and over and over. (laughs) Like, we're blaming you. We're blaming you and Chris Stapleton for this. Yeah, basically, I turn into the four-year-old when I'm driving, you know what I mean? As far as, like, listening to music and, you know, pass on my kids. Have you heard Willie Nelson's covers of Scientist and... uh, No. Covered the scientists. Uh, what was the other one? I think it was just breathe. Mm. Is that what it was? Let me see. No, yeah, just breathe and the scientists he covered, and they are honestly, those were two songs that they they got put on the loop for a while. Really? Yeah. His covers of the scientists and just breathe are awesome. Gotcha. Have you heard of this guy named Sturgill Simpson? Yeah, yeah. Dude, um, I love the guy. Uh, to me, it's like you close your eyes and it's like it's a, like it's he's like a Waylon Jennings oh. reincarnated. I mean, 100%. a dead ringer, and I think it's awesome. Yes. Um, and he, I think he just released. I don't know if he released a record, but he he remade a Nirvana tune. I think it's called In Bloom, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and it's cool. I think it has like trombones and stuff like that. And it's like just this. It's 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 tri- it's trippy. It's vibey. You know. You know how like, so, Waylon Jennings. A lot of people will say Johnny Cash for their favorite country musician, but Waylon, <laughs> I've always been Waylon number one, right? 
something really? about his bass. He had way more bass in his song than all the other guys. You know what I mean? You you want you want to know why probably because he he I think he played bass for Buddy Holly. Is that why? Well, so you know the story with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and um, what's the plane crash? La Bamba. Yeah, the plane crash. Um, Waylon Jennings was was supposed to be on that plane. To be on the plane, yeah. And it yeah, I think he I think he flipped a coin with like Buddy Holly or something. Yeah, and I heard it always messed with him. Yeah, I'm sure, but I, I I'm about ninety eight percent sure he played bass for Buddy Holly, so that would make sense why you hear that, like that song Clyde played electric bass, boom 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 boom, you know what I mean? Like lonesome ornery and mean. Oh yeah, right for sure. Or Hank, yeah, man. Hank would have done it this way. Like there's always that's that. One, that's yeah. That I work out to those songs sometimes, and people will look at me like, because I'll go, I go to CrossFit, and I'll turn it on, and it will be as loud as I can turn it, and people will be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Listen to the bass." Yeah, yeah. dude, I, 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 I can, I can't listen to music when I work out. Like, put my earbuds in because I swear I'll stand there like doing curls, and like, I'll like say, "Don't think Hank done it this way." I'll probably look like a zombie. I look like when I'm Walking Dead because I'm totally like zoned out listening to the music. <laughs> Like, See that's you know? as a casual as a casual music fan that doesn't happen to you. You're probably dissecting the songs. You're like, oh man, listen to this cool run he did here. It's like that stuff, and we're like, nah, I just yeah. like the bass. I can only name a few <laughs> random instruments. <laughs> right. Maybe it's that whole thing like talking about multitasking earlier. I'm a horrible multitasker, so. Yeah, I I almost have to have music. Like if say my phone dies, and I'm supposed to mm -hmm. go running. I will wait until that phone is charged to go running. Yeah. I'm not running without it. I'm get, not going out. Yeah, I get that. Nowhere will yeah. I be going to mm -hmm. work out without my mm -hmm. anthems ready to rock. And then it has to be mm -hmm. loud. Like, if people are yeah. working out to soft music, it's like, no, no, no. You guys aren't working out yet. Let's turn this thing up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so to, me, to, to me, like, the workout, like, workout music, like... It circles back around. So, like to me, I'm like I always like like Appetite for Destruction, that Guns N' Roses record. You know, it's funny. Um, it's funny you mention that because you know how you'll always have like that one album or one CD when you stop listening to like whatever your parents listen to and you start listening yeah. to like your own music. Yes, right. Appetite for Destruction and Nirvana. Those were the two first. Like it was like right back to back. The two first albums I listened to, and I was like. I think I like music, and I yeah, think I this is the music I like. I think I'm done with Mary Chapin Carpenter and whatever my mom's listening to. <laughs> yeah, right. And no kidding. Yeah, man. My my brother, um, he's the one that like turned me on to all that '80s like rock hair metal stuff. Cause like Appetite for Destruction, I remember it puts me like right back in his like. 88 or 89 Ford F-150 where like we were just driving listening to that record or like uh, what was the other one uh, Metallica's and Justice for All that was another yes. big one for yeah. him Warrant Cherry Pie all that stuff you know man those yeah. those do take me back a lot of high school dances yeah. with those on too yeah heck yeah I saw they reunited Guns N' Roses the other day for a <laughs> concert and all I could think of was please don't suck Please don't suck. And then I actually heard them, and I was like, "Hey, yeah. they're sounding yeah. pretty good." Yeah, man. I saw like uh, a, a Facebook. Somebody put a video up of Slash doing the intro to "Sweet Child of Mine." I was like, "That is awesome." <laughs> Probably one of the greatest intros of all music. Yeah, absolutely. What's it like working out on the road? I mean, when you guys are touring quite a bit. Uh, it's it's tough. Um, <laughs> 
Bless you. Um, Thank you. It, it's it's tough sometimes. Like the you know when we're in hotels, you never know what you're gonna get with like the hotel fitness center. Um, so sometimes you know sometimes you get a couple of dumbbells and a treadmill or some really well used cable machine. You know, so it's a lot of I do you know when in that case I'll do a lot of body weight and you know high reps and just try and just and then I don't do much rest in between just to try and knock it out you know um, but but I do have uh, I I this tour I do have a bunch of kettlebells with me and I've got a standalone pull up bar <coughs> excuse me and uh, TRX straps and some bands and whatever so I mean I can get a killer workout with just that stuff especially the kettlebells man because it because one of those things you're like, yeah, I mean, feel your glutes and your hamstrings, but then you don't realize that it completely tightens up everything until, you know, a couple of days after, you know. Well, have you always been kind of really into the fitness stuff? Or is it something you just took to more recently? No, um, I've always been into it, probably since I was like 20. I remember the, uh, this, band, this band that I was in um, back in Wisconsin – Back in like '98 or '99, we opened, we we played at a, a grand opening for Gold Gym, so we got a free one-year membership. So I had a buddy, we and we were workout partners. Um, so in like the first six months, so like back in high school when I was a freshman, I think I was like 98 pounds because I remember the wrestling coach was like, he, it was like during I think wrestling started like during the week of Wisconsin's uh, rifle season, which is like the you know, around Thanksgiving that week. Um, and he's like, man, he's like, come, just come to practice and you, you will wrestle like 103. We'll just get you up to 103. Like, you just had to do it because I was the only guy that I think in that was that, that small and like was, I guess, scrappy enough to to do it. And I wouldn't do it. I didn't ever do it because I'm like, it's not going to screw with my deer hunting. Yeah. But, but so, yeah, so I was like 98 pounds as a freshman. And like when I was 20, 21, I, I was probably 125 pounds when I graduated and then I went from 125 to really like 150, 155, like within about within a year, actually, you know. And that was every day. And and the drive to Gold Gym. So I grew up on a dairy farm, so the Gold Gym was like a 45 minute drive every day. So I'd get up at five and be there around six and work out for an hour and a half, two hours, and then drive home back to the farm, you know. And that was every day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many miles I put on my poor Ford Ranger. It was leased too, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like pushing it with the miles. But oh no, so I've I've always been into working out since you know early twenties. Um, and my wife's a personal trainer now, so it's one of those things like she motivates me to, you know, keep keep at it. And you know, of course, my boss is big into fitness and. It's it's kind of all around here, and Easton Easton Corbin's on the tour, and his band like they do CrossFit like out in the parking yeah, lot, really. Like they've got a whole CrossFit set up pretty much, and cool. and they're killing it every day too. So yeah, it's hard not to work out. Just drink the Kool Aid, join the workout. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so somebody the other day left a comment. I guess it was when we had Brandon Shockey on. I said I had asked, "Has he ever started thought about doing CrossFit?" And he said, "I asked, sounded like a Scientologist guy <laughs> trying to convert people." <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, have you have you have you read the book of CrossFit yet? <laughs> Let me spread the word. Can I come in for a few minutes? <laughs> right. No, that's yeah. It is, man. And I haven't I I haven't even really done CrossFit. I just kind of you know kind of just done the 
the usual gym stuff, and I've been getting into more functional, more just based out of wanting to just build just strength and just out of boredom. You know what I mean? Changing it up. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because even even with CrossFit, if you want to get competitive, you have to do a lot of gymnastics and weightlifting. And mm. I had done a lot training for this competition. And after the competition, I was just like. Uh, you know, I'm kind of bored on weightlifting, all this weightlifting and gymnastics. We changed this up a little bit. So now I'm training for a strongman competition. And, like, with strongman, it's you, you grab everything, including the kitchen sink, load it up and take it for a walk. It's, like, it's, it's just nice to not always be doing everything. And, like, train to hunt competitions, even throw a little bit of that training in. So it's like that mixed with strongman, mixed with CrossFit, just everything to kind of keep the variety going. Yeah, right. And it's good to change it up, you know? Like, I, I like incorporating everything into one workout, you know? Sometimes, I mean, if you can, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, really, it's... I grew up on a dairy farm, and we crop farmed, too, man. And it's like, you know, we moved weight every day. And that's, you know what I'm saying? The original basic strong man. <laughs> it's the original strong man, you know? Actually, so. have you ever seen... There's, I think... It might be called the Basque strongman or there's a certain type of strongman competition in i'm guessing italy or spain i'm not sure who but rogue the fitness equipment company they did a special mm -hmm. video on it and these guys are literally doing strongman competitions for like farming implements like everything they do is meant to like copy something you do for farming is that right yeah and it's pretty cool i'll have to find that video and if i find it i'll post it when we post this along they should call it like the like the ox competition or something. It's basically like they're becoming the ox and the horses and whatever you know. It, it, it's like that, man. When you watch this, yeah. you're gonna be like, "Holy cow!" This basically is farmer strongman. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like what's is it like the Scottish strongman stuff where they take like the poles and they're flipping the poles and their kilts and am I, am I crazy? See, yeah. The interesting thing about that the the Highland Games athletes like that that was meant to recreate things you would do on like the battlefield. So gotcha. it's kind of how martial arts were meant to, you know, protect yourself going to, well, I might be not 100% accurate with this, but a lot of it mm -hmm. was so people could protect themselves, you know, going to and from market and all that stuff. And it's like a lot of these things were created just so you can do your job better, in other words. Right, sure. Now, you're into fitness, you're into hunting, there's a little competition series called train to hunt i've heard you're going to be at the pennsylvania event this uh summer is that true uh Sorry, i jesse believe that's <laughs> I, I believe that's not true <laughs> um uh jesse's trying to get me out to i'm pretty sure it's the one on oregon the let's see july 9th and 10th i think that is oh so good they're not, not even the same weekend you come yet. to both you come to both oh, that's perfect. Right. there you go there you go there you go all right, so I've heard well, this, you're going to be at Oregon and Pennsylvania this year. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be at both of them. Oh, you just I need heard to talk, that. I'm going to have to talk to Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Oh, this is like, is this like gospel right now? Is it, we're, yeah, yeah, you we, said it. We're putting this in stone? On, live on air accounts. Gotcha, no gotcha. There, there is a lot of potential of me being at one and or the other this summer, yes. You know, for you cool. looking for a partner... I'm very, I'm known for offering Phil up as a partner if you need one for one. <laughs> I'm, yeah, right. I've got the perfect guy for you, Phil. Are you in, Phil? 
I mean, Phil's won one national championship. <laughs> he's done, and, you know, a few on his own. He's done all right. He cleans up nice. I, I clean up nice. Don't judge him based <laughs> on what you see here. He's far more athletic than he looks. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Will? I mean, you look very athletic to begin with. So, you know, Do I look like an oaf or what? <laughs> Come on, man. That's awesome. You're hurting my feelings now. Yeah. Phil's We're all friends here. On more than one occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, but you're going, Will, right? Are you going I'm, to the Pennsylvania one? Pennsylvania, I'm the director. I'm the race director. Well, you're the director. Well, yeah, there you so go. I'll not be competing. But, I mean, if you want to throw a free concert the night before for your favorite charity, I won't hold you back. <laughs> I won't stay in your way. I may come up. I'll do a cameo appearance. If you want to sing uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, that's, that's my song when I'm out. That's my song. Got Just you. So you know, you might want to prepare you. and learn that for yourself. All right. Well, you're the, you're the guy that can put me in touch with the right people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'm going to have to meet some of well, them and I will get you in touch with them all. <laughs> right. How many how many people are have been, you know, signing up for those things? Uh, I've never been to one, so in Colorado, they'll probably hit the one there. I think there's a ceiling of like 130. And in Colorado, wow. they'll probably hit that. Everywhere else will be anywhere from like I'm going to say this year 50s, 60s on up. Most yeah, of them, yeah. I guess. Hmm. Man, we because we we were talking earlier about <laughs> man. It's like when you're going, like when you're like me from the Midwest and you know now in the South and against people from like you know the East Coast, Midwest, and you're up against the West Coast hunters. Man, those West Coast guys are those Western hunters are their lungs are usually in better shape than most of the really in shape guys out yeah. east. You know. Reset elevation. The only reason Phil Mendoza ever beat me was one, because he's from Denver, and two, because he blood dopes. Only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I have huge welts on my rear end from the needle insertions as well. So, if you were wondering, um, no, it, it is. I, I I agree. I think that it is a little bit of an, I don't want to say unfair, but it, it's an advantage to the people that live at elevation because. Right. You know, Will can tell you. You know, he worked his butt off, and he came out here, and it's just you. Unless you can come out here and acclimate, mm -hmm. you, you, it's hard. It's hard to to prepare for that. And right. I know you do a lot of training mask stuff. I do, man. And it's not to plug, not to like plug training masks, but yeah, I mean, it's that's the <laughs> one thing I found that actually comes the closest to simulating that high altitude. Because you know, so I went ice climbing out in Colorado Springs uh, two, three weeks. I don't know, two, three weeks ago, and we hiked a an hour up to this, you know, piece, you know, this. 200 foot piece of ice and uh i think we were at like 9500 feet or something like that maybe mm -hmm. and yeah man i was huffing but when i'd stop for a break my recovery was quick you know really quick yeah. and that's when i realized that man this thing's really working because you know the other guys were they were taking ibuprofen and like even before they went up just as a precautionary and i didn't take anything and it's, i mean i seem to you know keep up anyway yeah it's it it's it's hard not everybody handles it the same and i don't know i, I got to hunt up about thirteen thousand feet last year some and i live at you know five thousand whatever it is here in denver sure and and then going up to you know it's elevations never bothered me but going up to twelve five and then some of the peaks were thirteen three and thirteen four and it's like you get up there and I, physically i was i did well but your 
your burst that you can go, you know, so you're used to be able to truck it up a mountain however far and then get to the top and rest. No, you have to stop at certain places and no, right. catch your breath. But like you said, if if you're prepared for it and you can acclimate or you can, you can train for it, then that recovery time is just shorter. And it's, All right. And yeah. it's, uh, that's where it, there is a little bit of an advantage for the people out out. You know, in the in the in the mountain states, they can they can that are just living up here or training in it, right? Yeah, and that's I where can, like the sorry, go no, ahead, go ahead, Jimmy. No, I was saying, well, that's where like the lung capacity and re, and recovery times, you know, a huge factor. You know, even if you're built, you know, it's it's like one of those things, like you know, you know, bodybuilders aren't the most flexible guys, or right. like the or like if you ever see like is it track like uh, single speed track guys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're meant, they're meant to sprint, mm-hmm. like in short you know sh- short periods of time and short distances. But their legs are, I mean, tree trunks. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's all it's just how you condition yourself and what you condition yourself for. You know? That's that's a lot of it. A lot of specialization. Like we have friends who they're really trying to slim down, especially for the hunting season because muscle requires more oxygen. So you know, thought is a little less muscle, a little more endurance. You know better you're going to do yeah. out there yeah and for train to hunt i think the best thing about train to hunt is to just get out there and see what you're made of test you know your own metal test your own archery skills right. because that's probably even though it's you know trained to hunt i think the archery skills is probably one of the best parts of the competition mm-hmm. have you gotten to hunt much out of the west jimmy yeah i've hunted quite a bit i've done a good amount of elk hunting and i um uh, Went bear hunting a couple, I guess a couple springs ago, and shot a uh, bear in Idaho with my bow. And um, yeah, I've done I've done some, I've done it quite a bit, you know, for being a Midwestern guy, a whitetail guy. So, so you growing up hunting whitetail and, and being that you know in that Midwestern um, frame of kind of hunting mind, right? Yeah. Was was it always something that you wanted to come out west and hunt, or is it just something as you got older and you started getting more hunts under your belt that you said, that's the next challenge? Or, like I said, what, what, was it always something you wanted to do? Well, uh, not necessarily. I mean, I was always in the whitetail hunting since I was a kid because that's what, you know, I was, that's where I lived. It was in mm-hmm. whitetail country. You know, but it wasn't until I was, like, playing in bands that we were touring out west and we, like, we played Cheyenne once we were like a house band for like a week we'd do it like every two three months and uh one of the guys like i think he was like a bouncer or something uh he was an elk hunter and he's like man you gotta come out here and go elk hunting so that, i just you know applied for my tag <clears throat> excuse me drove out there and we went out for a week and it was horrible the, i mean <laughs> the, the the it was so hot and they were the elk were so high i mean i don't even i saw two elk the whole the whole week you know, it was just, you know, it was just a bummer about the weather. But, I mean, the experience was amazing. And the, you know, terrain, I mean, going from, you know, just the bluff country of, you know, western Wisconsin to, you know, you're at 10, 11,000 feet in elevation, you know, it's, it was amazing. You know, we were hunting northwest uh, Wyoming. So, like, just, sh- you know, short of the Tetons up by Pinedale. And it was, it was awesome. It's a beautiful country. Yeah, it is for sure. Do you have a dream hunt? Uh, like I guess there's you know bucket list things. Like I mean, I I would like to man, I would love to hunt Alaska. I haven't hunted Alaska yet. Um, would love to hunt like moose, you mm-hmm. know, and brown bear. 
Um, Ibex is another one that I've, is on a bucket list. Uh, and and sheep. I think those are the three main ones. You know, I wouldn't mind going. You know, and going like on a safari and hunting a cape buffalo with my bow at some point. You know, cool. it's all with bow. I like I love rifle hunting, and it to me it has its. You know, I, I love it too. But getting close and personal and that whole adrenaline, especially like the the dangerous part of it's kind of. Yeah, as as dumb as my mom would tell me I am, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it, man. I mean, anytime yeah. you're out hunting, and especially in the West when you're getting up to some of those higher elevations and the terrain's a little bit more t- difficult to navigate, it's uh, it's all around dangerous just traversing around there. Man, you know? Yeah, it is absolutely. So it's you you some you sit and wonder sometimes like, what are we thinking? Um, Trying to, you know, hunt one of these animals in their backyard, in their terrain, and then it being, you know, whether it's something like sheep or some high mountain mule deer or something that it's unreal to see those animals yeah. just just breeze over whatever the terrain is. It's pretty cool. Right. Well, and the, the thing is, like, people that don't hunt or have thought about it but don't, don't understand it at all, they're like, what? I mean, what are you after? Like, is it, you know, people like, man, you just want to kill a huge you know, elk or a huge ram or something, and it's like I get the, what we're after is the ex- experience of it all. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's not. I mean, I, me necessarily. I mean, getting a shot opportunity. You think about that a lot, but you also think of the build up to that point. You know what I mean? You know, because like, because you you can go like I can go to let's say Idaho elk hunting and plan a seven day hunt, right? And I shoot a, you know, I mean, you could shoot. A, you know, 300, 320, whatever class elk out there on the first day, and it's awesome. But you're, but there's that little letdown where you're like, man, it's over. I really didn't get to, I really didn't get to hunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's where it's like, if you can, you know, I mean, it would, uh, if you can, if you can kill something the first day, it's amazing, right? But you know, if if it gets drawn out, you'll definitely have more more experiences to look back on and. You'll probably have some, and and definitely the learn. Like you're, my thing is like I'm out there always to learn. You know what I mean? Because I don't have it figured out. You know, so there's you know they're unpredictable, unpredictable. Excuse me, unpredictable animals you're hunting. So you're just trying to get a little bit ahead of them. You know enough to, you know, figure out the situation. So that's the other thing. It's like you go out one day and kill something. It's like I don't, I don't feel like I accomplished anything except fill in the freezer because. And didn't learn anything. Does that make sense? Are are you? What's your opinion then on you know the, that whole phrase of don't pass something on the first day that you shoot on the last? Or how do you feel about that? I mean, it's up to the individual, man. You know, I'm not gonna knock somebody for you know pa- shooting something he passed up on the first day. I mean, within reason, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's up to the individual. If I mean, if if a guy shoots, you know, if he passes up a, you know, a smaller five by five or something, and ends up shooting, you know, a five by five last day, if he's pumped and happy, like that's all that matters, you know. If he had a good time, if he's happy, I'm happy, or she's yeah. happy, you know what I mean? I I tell you what, Cause, and because especially shoot, shooting someone with a bow, man, that like I don't care what you get, that's that, you've done something, yeah. Regardless, I've so. I've been that guy. In a long deer season, who's passed up something, 
he would have shot or had shot something on the last day similar to. And there, there's nothing that's made me happier but sweat more than mm-hmm. that last day, that last sure. hour. Yeah, because man, you're because by that last, especially the last hour, I could, you know, but that last, even the last couple of days, man, your hope is your 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 confidence level as far as like getting a shot, even even getting remotely close to seeing something is down a ways. You know what I mean? My, so my you know, you go through the whole day and then down, the, and my conversations with God is going way up. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Right about then, he's on speed dial every five minutes. <laughs> you always hope by that last day, like you just wake up, and you're like, I have this, I have a great feeling about today. It's enough to push you, you know. It's a chance. You always every hope for day those days. It's a chance, you know. It's like yeah, you're man. a gambling addict. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. If I could just Kinda. get to that table, if I can just get to those woods, that mountain, if I can just get in there, I've got a chance. I can do this. Yeah, man. It's like it's kind of like going to the gym, man. It's like you're not feeling it at all, but once you get in there, you're in it and you're oh, doing yeah. it. Even if you're like, it wasn't my best performance, you know. At least you were in there and you did it and knocked it out. But I mean, yeah, hunting I mean, is hunting. You can't, you know. It it is what it is. How many times has it been hunting or the gym where you really didn't, you really weren't feeling it? You know, you're you maybe starting to make excuses or. You know reasons you you didn't need to do it or didn't need to go or couldn't and the, and then you go right and you get out yeah. of the woods or out of the gym and you're like man I'm glad I went today. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know that's you know th- this last season I would sit in the tree a lot and I'd read like I'm not a big reader but I would sit and read and I pray a lot and just hang out and it it was you know just. Even if something didn't come by, it was like it was worth it. It was worth like recharging. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, it would have been pretty to... awesome. To, yeah, it would have been pretty awesome to have a monster butt walk by too. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no question. There's something about just being able to disconnect out there and enjoy the just the the quietness that that is the quietness and the and the the loud noises that are in nature. You know, because yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, it, it's. People that haven't hunted or haven't been able to experience that, to me, it's it is one of the most relaxing things because yeah. it, there's just a sense of peace there. But um, one of the coolest things to me is like 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 turkey hunting is one of the coolest things is like you're out there so early, it's so dark. I mean, you're hearing the owls hoot, right? And then you but you're watching the world wake up. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's certain birds that'll start chirping at a certain part of where the sun's coming up and like the whole and then you know by you know early morning like it's full sun it's like it's it's like it goes from dark like complete quiet to this crazy mayhem yeah. almost you know what i mean and you yeah. never see it, these yeah. things making these noises but you know well like when you, and that's the other thing when you're walking in the woods during the day you almost don't like you hear all the sounds but you don't notice it like you do when you've gone from total silence, you're in the woods, you're part of the, the surroundings, right. and then all of a sudden, like you say, when some birds start doing this, this starts moving here, the squirrels are now, that's the other thing. People don't realize squirrels go to bed too, you know what I mean? No, all of a right. They're exactly. up and moving and looking at you. Right, right. I right. actually uh, had an owl land on a branch about six feet away from me, and he just turned his head, and he had a mouse, and he just turned his head, and he was just staring at me, and I was like, Yep, 
just two predators up here in the tree waiting <laughs> to kill some shit. That's what's going right. on. Yeah. Right. It was a yeah, moment that Owl and I, we locked eyes. We had a moment. He knew. I'm glad your owl experience is a little different than mine. I, I was, oh, no. this, is, this is many years ago. This is, we were hog hunting in Texas. And, uh, you know, a guy drops me off. We were at a, a hog ranch. And he drops me off and says, there's a tree stand, you know, climb up there. So I climbed up there. And like you yeah. said, Jimmy, it's it's black, it's quiet, I'm sitting there a little cold, and then I start hearing some rustling above me, and I'm like, what the heck is that? So finally, it gets to be where you can you can see, but you still can't see. And I looked, and about three feet above my head was an owl just sitting there. And, I mean, you know, totally just, just staring down at me, and I'm thinking I'm about to get attacked by this, this right. owl. And about about when it was light enough to see, and and you can start seeing some animals moving around. That sucker got up, opened his wings, and, and just coasted right off the tree. And it was one of the coolest things to see that close. But I was a little bit nervous for a little bit there that I was going to get some claws in the head or no, something. No, right? Man, owls are crazy how silent they are Yeah, yeah when they're yeah. swooping in. I, I mean, I've, you know, if it had a few swoop by, you're like, oh, my, what was that thing? Because, I mean, some of, the, some of those owls are wingspans. I don't know. Oh, huge. Five feet anyway. I'm not saying I don't know. Maybe now. maybe not five feet. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying we've been scared of these owls, but you know, it can be a little intimidating. <laughs> it's just an observation, you know, within close range. Yeah. yeah. I may or may not have been hugging the stool of the tree stand for a little while. But uh <laughs> right. yeah. I'm not letting that thing near my eyes. That's for sure. right. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's well, cool. in the dark, man. Things you ever notice how you'll be looking at stuff? And you're like, is that, is that an animal there? Is, is that? There? As yeah. soon as this light comes up, I'm going to see it. I think that's a huge buck. And you're like, no, that's that same stump I thought was a deer yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's usually the case like with me rifle hunting. You know what I mean? The sun's coming for like, oh, man, there's something right there. You know, and you're looking at the clock like, what's shooting hours right now? You know, and then it turns out it's like some bush that you've seen. A th- yeah thousand times before and it's you know it's like yeah pretty good chances that's it but there's that 50 percent of you that's like that could be something because you know there's that one time you thought it was a bush and it turned out to be a deer and from then right, exactly. on that's that's exactly. ruined you for everything not right. everything I know. could be a I deer. Know. Mm-hmm. yeah for like 10 years like every every time you go by the same spot you're like think that deer is going to be right yeah. there yeah you know you ever have it where you're out there, you're waiting for the sun to come up, come up, and you're so cold that you're trying to just move in the one spot, like that six-inch patch of sun is coming through, just so it'll warm your body a little bit. And you're, like, worming your way around, trying not to make noise, trying not to move, but you really feel like it's either I try to get into the sunshine a little bit or I'm going to freeze to death up here. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know. It's, yeah. It's like, it's like a castaway, you know what I mean? It's like you feel like you're completely living off of nature right now and like anything you know anything that gives you any even mentally gives you some heat that's all you need yeah yes. just that hope yeah. i'm out here running on hope right now exactly hope, exactly prayers that's all i got <laughs> that's it i uh if you could take one pick one hunting partner right and what i mean like dream hunting partner who would it be Dream Obviously hunting. not filler eye, which I'm sure would be your first choices. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. There's I maybe I'll can I do like two classifications? All right, let's do two. I like I like when there's multiple. Okay. All right. Um, uh, have you heard of Benny Spies? Yeah. Hunt with Benny Spies. Yep. He would yep. be he could be definitely one of the top to go hunting with just because he's fun. I mean, I've hung out. He's a buddy of mine. We've hung out quite a few times together. But it's it's like me and that dude like gel so well together as a hang. You know what I mean? So he, any kind of hunt we would go on would be fun regardless. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we would probably screw up really bad <laughs> on something, but at the end of it, it would be we would laugh so hard. Um, it work itself if, out. <laughs> right, yeah. But that dude's killed some pretty amazing animals too, man. I've been to his house and he's, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, he knows what he's doing for sure. Um, and as far as like a, an, another dude that really knows, is really educated at hunting all, all around, man. I, I hunt with uh, this guy, Re Remy Warren, the other day in Reno. All right. That, that dude knows his stuff. Um, he'd probably be, you know, in, in those two number one slots for me. I like watching Remy's show with the, the stuff he does with the mimicking the, the predators or different animals. And I, I like, I like his stuff, man. I really do. Yeah. He knows, his, he like, he, he knows how to get through some backcountry terrain, you know, like, the, like he goes and guides in New Zealand, you know, for a couple months a year and. I mean, he's like, he's, you know, basically living on the road all the time. I think he said he's like out like 300 days a year. Wow. You know, like that dude's in it. And he's like, and he's an awesome guy, super humble. And, and he just, you know, he doesn't have to, there's nothing that, no, no cockiness, no ego that he gives off. It's like, he just knows, you know what I mean? Knows what he's yeah. doing. So that'd be my two top picks. Phil, who would be your number one? You still got the same guy? I, I don't remember who we had talked about before, honestly. I don't either. That's why I was wondering if it was the same or not. Um, Let's say living. They'll bring back ghosts for these hunts. Living. I don't know, man. That's a tough question. I'm going to think about that. I really am. Hey, can I do three? Yeah. Fa like really like famous celebrity. Okay. Uh, Chuck Norris. That's a good one. No because how many people? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just his gaze. Right. Yes. You know who I, I would I, pick, I, Phil? Go ahead. My wife. The only person yeah. a married man should pick. <laughs> well. Actually, she she won't be listening to this, so I I don't have to say that. Um, my uh, wife's probably listening, so right you now, probably just made a best friend. <laughs> I think it'd be cool to go hunting right now. I'm just gonna throw this out there, Chris Pratt. And that'd be a cool hunting hunting partner for a hunt. Man, I don't know. This is really. I know this is killing you, man. Do you want us to go back I, to talk you know, about fancy movies? That it's yeah, because. I, you know, I, I've hunted with my family. I've hunted with some friends. And at the end of the day, I kind of enjoy hunting with myself. Not to be cocky. I just like the quietness, you know. And when when I want to move, I move. When I want to sit, I sit. When I want to 
you know, if I see something way off in the distance I want to get to, I, I get there. And I don't. Well, it can be some dude you're meeting up with back at the campfire at night. You guys don't oh, yeah. hold hands. No, I know what you mean. It's 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 something that I don't know, man. I really haven't even thought about that too much. I mean, I I enjoy honestly big groups. So when when I grew up hunting, we do the the wall tent deal. We'd be, you know, there'd be two or three of my uncles, my dad, you know, one of my cousins, you know, my brother as he got a little older, and that was what I really enjoyed because it wasn't just hearing one guy's stories at at camp at night. It was all the guys' stories at camp, you know, and and then a few years later, some of my buddies, one of my good buddy Tran and his brother and his dad started coming with us. And, and me and his dad would bust each other's chops all night, you know. And that's what I – and I miss a lot of that stuff. So the, the campfire in the evening time, um, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd probably – I'd have to think about it. But if I can – it'd be somebody that can tell a great story. It'd be somebody that, that um, – really got after it and was was smart and you know maybe somebody like Remy who who was very intelligent so that way when they're, they're telling the story or they're you're learning something you're experiencing through their eyes sure so I don't know man I'd have to Jim Shockey you know I'd Jim love to Shockey. hunt with Jim Shockey because man, I take Jim and Brandlin I, I, I think those this shit. yeah well you know what I, I just somebody like that who has a, a, a very uh rich history in in understanding you know hi, in understanding history understanding different uh, geographical you know places in the world and and ha- and learning something from there i think he'd be really cool to hunt with but um i don't know i don't know i, I have to get back to you on that one that one's that one's tabled for another day i think I do my homework. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I didn't realize that was going to be that's so a, tough. That's a tough question, man. I don't know. <laughs> You're taking it seriously. You're not just throwing names out either. No, man. I, I got some great hunting partners. I'm not going to lie. I mean, getting to hunt with guys like Braden and Aaron and Santino, it, it, I, I, I've got guys that I've hunted with that we have a great time, and we get after it, and we put down some good animals. And it's it's like, you know, and my brother, I mean, my 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 brother for being a big guy will you've seen my brother haven't you he's oh, yeah. a big guy he's not in really good shape but he gets after it and he's a killer you know and and that's where like i said i've i've got to hunt with some really i would say high level intelligence and just competent hunters and they're great guys so it that's why it's a hard question because i don't know you know i don't know i, I don't want to be let down if i say oh i want to hunt with jim shockey or somebody else and then you get out there, and that that comes true. And then it's like, man, this guy sucks. You know, he's yeah. he can't hike up the damn hill or, or whatever. You know, <laughs> so that that's where I don't know. I I I'd have to think about that. You worried you're gonna jinx yourself? No, I, I I'm not saying. I just you know, you never know. It's it, I don't know. I I don't I don't daydream too much about that stuff. I guess I daydream more about maybe types of animals I'd get to shoot or um, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm always I'm always thinking like mentally thinking how to figure a situation out. You know what I mean? Like hunting an elk in a certain situation or a whitetail. You know what I mean? Like you're just like if I was in this scenario, what would I do? You know, with a whitetail. Like if I was in this scenario, this was this time of year. Like when would I rattle? Like how would I? Like what would what would I cho- what would I in the moment? What would I choose to you know for grunting or bleat? And the same way with like an elk. You know, if I've got an elk hung up in some timber, right? I do the crazy scenarios like I've got so I've got two spikes that are out, right? And I've got this herd bull in a timber and I can't get him to come out. 
you know, am I going to rake on some trees? What am I going to, you know? That's the whitetail hunter, man. You just got to go after it. You just got to run at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> run at them no, as I, fast as you I, can. I tell you what, it's... Noise as possible. The, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm telling you. So, right. so here's... As I've gotten to hunt more whitetail, I, I see where you're coming from, Jim, because at the same time, it's like, man, what do I do in this situation? What, what would be better here? What would be the smart thing to do? But then I think about elk hunting, and it's, I've always been the quiet. I don't like to call a lot. I like to listen. If I can get something to call, then I'll go quiet, and I'll just try to approach. But you, you think about it. What, what are the couple of options that happen when you're hunting? You, you either get close enough, and a shot presents itself, or you don't get close enough, or um, you don't get close enough because you, whether they winded you or they saw you or they smelled you. So you just got a few options. So I've taken the approach the last couple years that I'm going to get real aggressive, um, maybe risk having them see me. I always try to figure the wind right. but right. And worst case, they bump out or something. Well, most likely, most often, that's going to happen anyway. So. Right. You know, I, I don't know. I've gotten to where I've been pushing the envelope a little bit the last couple of years. And this year went, this last year went well. I was able to shoot two elk, but, awesome. and it was because, it was because of just being a little more aggressive. Yeah. But then there well, have been times where it's just like, psh, you yeah. get aggressive and I know you see tail, you know. Yeah. yeah. They're unpredictable, man. It's like, you can't, for me, it's easier to um, go with that of nothing. I have nothing to lose mentality yeah. if I'm calling for somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. As, soon as, as soon as you put a weapon in my hand, man, I'm, it's hard for me to, you know what I'm saying? Because you always want, like, the perfect scenario to happen, and you're working it, you're working it, and, you know, there's a 50-50 chance. You're either going to get a shot or you're not. Right. You know, in certain situations, you know, but you just yeah, try to be as smart as possible. But as that's what gets us hooked, though, man. I mean, just those different, you know, it's like, I did this last time and it worked, then you do it again and it doesn't work, and it's like, well, shh, you know? So that's, I don't know, I, I agree, and that's what, like you said, if, if you tag out too early, then you miss out on potentially more experiences and, and more, you know, right. chances yeah. to, to experience it. But. You know, and, so, and sometimes, like, you know, you read articles on guys like, oh, this time of year I do this, and like, man, how does that work? How does that work for him? Because that's never worked for me, ever, you know what I mean? And, and uh -huh. you know, I mean, it's, it's good to take things from, you know, knowledge of other people's experience and stuff like that, but even, like, like, my, you know, cause, because I grew up whitetail hunting, it's like, you know, guys are like, you need big antlers, you know, to rattle with and use a, a decoy and whatever. And, like, man, if you're, if you're not in, like, say somebody's, you know, in an area where there's the white, the bucks aren't huge and there's not that many of them, I mean, you're going to bank some antlers together and they're going to go to the next county. Right. I mean, it's just, you you know, you you got to pick your battles and know know your area and, you know, definitely do your homework before, you know, going out there like you're on safari. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like the advice of just run at them. Even like that. Yeah. Just run at everything. <laughs> Make a lot it's of that, yeah. run at them. <laughs> I feel well, like, like when we die and go to heaven, like that's what God's going to say. Like the secret of life, just go run at them. <laughs> yeah. Why well, <laughs> was you guys that just running our, at them? <laughs> we spent our whole life trying to figure out life, and it was that. You know? Yeah, so what's the secret to hunting? Uh, I thought you guys, you know, I don't know why Newland figured this out. You're just supposed to run directly at them making loud noises. Right, yeah. yeah. You sit, well, Will, you haven't got a chance to hunt elk yet, man. But you, if you sit sometimes and you hear elk moving, 
through the woods or, or when, if they, you hear them running, man, it's like a freight train, you know. When they're just coming through, if, if you get close enough where they're feeding through or they're, they're moving through, it's still loud. So this last night when I was in New Mexico, like I said, I, man, I was literally at times at a fast jog because they're moving away and, and I got in close to them because I don't think they really, uh, they, they thought it, it was just another elk, you know. So, and I, yeah. So anyway, it, it's, it's you know interesting to try different stuff. the best way to get close to an animal is? It's coming. Wait for it. It's to be fit. And to get fit, you're going to need some supplements. So if you want to get some supplements, but you do not want to pay full, full price for those supplements, you might want to use the coupon code NBH at 20 at checkouts when you purchase your Mountain Ops because that, my friends, will get you 20% off your order. And don't we all like saving money? Jimmy, do you like saving money? I love saving money, buddy. Phil, do you like saving money? No, well, I just spend yours, man. <laughs> all right. Well, for those of you who aren't <laughs> spending my money, uh, use this code to check out because I would even still want Phil to use it even while he's spending my money so he could buy more Mountain Ops with that 20% he's saving. So NBH20 at checkout, 20% off your Mountain Ops. Also... If you're going to order some Maven Optics, you can get yourself a free gift, some free Maven swag. All you got to do is enter the code NBHGIFT at your checkout, and Maven will hook you up with some free swag. Uh, you can stop in to Phil's shop in the Metro Denver area. area. That is, I'm blanking on the name of your shop right now, Phil. No, no Limits Archery. No yep. Limits Archery. You can check Phil out at the shop. He's got a few pairs in there. You can look through if you want to put your hands on them. But let's put it this way, boys. You break them, you bought them, and please don't come in with filthy Cheeto fingers. Don't That's smudge correct. that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. My buddy Jimmy's passed through ProTune. I think we're going to get some in there so you can check them out if you're in the uh, central New York area, beautiful area of the country. And, and the customizable options are sexy. So, I mean, yes. that... That's, I think, what really sets, well, they got great glass, don't get me wrong, they're great, but you know, being able to personalize that stuff, that's what it's all, Jimmy, you, you got your bow personalized by chance? Uh, kind of blacked out maybe, or? Yeah, um, I like I like blacked out, I'm in the blacked out mode right now, you know? Yeah, see, but nothing, I, nothing, 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 nothing too flashy, I'm, 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 Function over fashion, more so. That, that's my, my my eleven by B twos. That's what I have on the on the Maven. It's just the the stealth mode. All the mm -hmm. labels and everything are just blacked out, so it's it's sexy. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just clean. So, yeah. Hey, check it out. Um, but well, Jimmy, what what? So you you guys still are you on a break right now? Are you guys currently on tour still, or what's? We are we are on tour. I'm on a day off today, but uh, we play in. Let's see, we play Phoenix tomorrow, and then we go to Las Cruces, New Mexico for a show, and then down to San Antonio, Texas. And then after that, I can't tell you because I haven't looked that far ahead in the schedule. <laughs> no, how, no, I have to look. How long are you guys touring? I mean, are you going to be able to get some hunting in this year? Uh, it's going to be limited for sure. Um, the spring leg goes to June 1st. We go home on the 30th of May. And then we have a handful of festivals in the summer. And then the fall leg kicks back in September, the first part of September, and goes through um, December, really. So I've been looking at the schedule. And she just released the fall leg 
um, a couple weeks ago. So there's a few days here and there where I'm really trying to utilize as much time as possible to hopefully. You're probably out. checking that schedule a little bit more than the current one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really like pinching my minutes uh, on uh, on the fall on the fall leg. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope so. I would love to get out. You know. If you're looking for an elk hunt, we may be able to get you in on something. All right. Well, let's do it. I like that. Yeah, just ask her if she can bring the tour by Denver again, you know, in September, and then, yeah, you know. There you go. I know, man. We we played Colorado Springs and Denver pretty much, you know, back-to-back -back pretty, you know. You'd be like, you know what's so, lovely this time of year? Red Rocks. We should go to Red Rocks. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, you guys can find Jimmy on Instagram. It is Jimmy Herman. Do you have a separate Facebook page for fans and stuff? And people uh, right now, to check you out. I've, I'm using uh, Facebook.com forward slash Jimmy Herman Music for most of it. There we go. For my Facebook. And Instagram is Instagram, the Jimmy Herman. And Twitter is, is, I'm on Twitter, and Twitter's Jimmy Herman. So I got in on that early enough to get my name. Nice. You guys can yeah. also find Natural Born Hunter and Phil Mendoza on Instagram, Natural Born Hunter on Facebook, YouTube, subscribe, like it. Get on to the iTunes. Do some, uh, leave us a really nice review if you could. That would be great. And subscribe there. Uh, anything else we got, Phil? Alpha Bow Hunter Challenge hit in Denver May 21st? 28th and 29th. 28th and 29th. So make sure you guys sign up for that. Check that out. Another great competition to test your skills. Uh, if you guys want to see Jimmy perform a free concert, sign up for the Train to Hunt Pennsylvania event. It's going to be a lot of fun. More fun than Jesse's event in Oregon. Uh, I, do not, I don't endorse this yet. <laughs> not yet. You're going to have to check the tour schedule. <laughs> All right, ladies and right gentlemen, on. for the Natural Born Hunter podcast, wake up, chase your dreams, repeat.